This episode is brought to you in part by TSMA Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. You've heard on the podcast from the top people in entertainment how vital a well-curated social media presence can be for your career. Dropping Character is proud to be partnering with TSMA Consulting, a globally recognized social media firm that can help you make sure your social media represents the quality of your work. I've worked with them personally, and man, did I learn a lot. If you do sign up, make sure you tell them Robbie sent you. All right, let's get on with the show. This is Robbie Ramos, and you're listening to Dropping Character. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. start man i guess we could start with what i was telling you on the way in man i so i started acting in 2009 damn and one of the first actually the first play i saw was the one with arturo fernandez yeah shout out to arturo i just talked to him today me and him talk shit back and forth every word. day word he's a big Tua fan and, and i'm not so much okay 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 <laughs> and he he fucking uh he was doing a play where he was playing a, a mentally challenged brother of somebody else in the play uh-huh do you remember that one it was like them two it was a two-hander it was, was it just Pil- them two. it wasn't pillow man Nah, this is no. before pillow man this is the first play i ever saw in my life wow. was arturo's play but That's the point funny. is is then after that I kind of dove into all the work you guys were doing at Ground Up and Rising in yeah. Miami. Yeah, yeah. With the theater company, and I and I started going to all the shows, man, because the shit I was seeing at Miami Dade College mm-hmm. was whack, dude. Right. No other way to put it. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> it was whack. Like it was like old plays and shit. I was like, nah, yeah. bro. I want to go see this real shit over here. Yeah. So I started going to your plays, and then I saw you and Bashir in The Pillow Man. Yeah. Fire, bro. Oh, thank you, man. We started talking about a play that fucking... I don't know why it spoke to me, bro, because I, I don't deal with any of the shit that was going on, but but it was the way you guys were fucking dealing with these characters, man. Tell me about that time in your life, bro. Is that when you started acting, or was it before that? We uh, uh, First of all, I mean, man, thank you for, for all of that, oh. brother. And, and sincerely, the reason we started Ground Up is for people like you and people like us, because... I'm, I'm, I grew up in, in Coconut Grove in the projects. And, and mm. whenever I tell somebody I'm from the crib, I'm from Miami, they smile and I go, I, I ain't from that part. Like, I'm from, <laughs> I'm from that part. I'm, I'm, from, I'm from a different part. Uh-huh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh, and growing up, you know, it was all about playing ball. And, and that's what I wanted to do until I realized all these dudes was much better than me. You know what I'm saying? And when I got to Miami Dade, I went to Killian for high school and I wanted to be a chef. Uh, a chef. Yeah, okay. I want to cook. You know okay. what I mean? Like it was the least dangerous thing that I, you know. <laughs> but but also I felt some peace with it, man. Like uh, like being in the kitchen. My, my grandma used to cook, and everybody in my family can can cook. They can throw down. So I thought sincerely that's what I would do. I went to date, just taking classes. Shout out to the Kendall campus. And same, um, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. And yeah. my mama made me audition for a play. Out of nowhere. So. 
I waited till I got to college to like skip a class for the first time. I was terrified before because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to get caught. You know, somebody going to see me. And I realized when you got to, to college, they don't care. You paying for the classes. They oh, yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you skipped. That's on you. And I was failing humanities, bro. And um, Karen Martin uh, was the professor. And I'm, I'm straight, from, straight from the projects at the time. I, we had moved to Kendall to Richmond Heights. And I'm in this class. I used to be in this little rap group, uh, me and the homeboys. And the professor said, if you audition for this class, for this play, and you get cast, you'll get extra credit and pass. She was looking dead at me. And I was like, I don't know why you looking over here. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I go home, and my mama was paying for the classes at the time. And she was like, uh, what's up? You know what's up with school? What's up with that class? And I offhand was like, oh, I'm gonna be good. She she was talking about auditioning for a play, and without missing a beat, my mama said, "Your ass is auditioning." <laughs> and I was like, "Ma, I can't do that. I'm gonna go like to the rap studio and be like, sorry guys, I have to go audition for this play.'" Shakespeare, <laughs> you know what I mean? right? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, "If you can act stupid here, you can act stupid or uh, you know out there." And I was like, <laughs> like "Whatever, ma." <laughs> so I go. I walk into this room, dude, and I'm sure you've had the experience where it was like, what the fuck are these people doing? I open these doors. It's not very many people that look like me there at the time. And they was doing an Italian play uh, called called Venetian Twins okay. in the style of Commedia dell'arte, like oh Ita- Italian God. mask acting. So again, I'm yeah. from the projects. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I like, didn't get the fuck. <laughs> I had no idea what's going on. These people are crazy. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, uh, do, do you know Andrio? Andrio Chavarro? No. R- Rio. Uh, he goes by Rio, an extremely talented actor. We met, we met in a funny way. I don't know if he remembers this story, but I walk into this theater. Again, not knowing anybody, not knowing what they're doing. I was just there. And he's coming off stage, and there's people like, like, like kind of carrying him. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm walking, looking around, and he bumps into me. And at first, I was about to be like, oh, excuse me, my bad. But then he kind of like pushed me. So I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? I push him back, and we kind of get into it, and people separate us. And I'm like, these white people what? crazy, man. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? So I walk to the front, and the professor's like, what, what are you here for? And I was like, I don't know, man. The lady told me to come audition. And she was like, what part? And I go, whatever part he just read for. Oh, <laughs> like, shit. What happened? So I had no idea what it was. She was like, well, he's reading for the lead role where you're playing these two different characters. Uh, oh. And I was like, huh? And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> grab the sides. I didn't know what sides meant at the time. I'm like, you mean this piece of paper? And she's yeah. like, yes. Like, grab that. Go read it for a little bit. Come back in and I'll call you on stage. I look at it, bro, and it's basically, it's a prince and and uh, one of them's in love with this woman. And so I read it quickly and I'm like, oh, one's a nerd and one's not. And I kept it that simple. Mm. I was like, Fresh Prince and Carlton. Like, that's it. All right. And so that's what I did. And when I got up to, to read, everybody got quiet. And when I finished, one of my homeboys, his name is Chris, Chris Perez, he did the slow clap. And he just did a slow clap, and I was like, yeah, and then they told me to stick around, and I was like, all right. Long story short, the next uh, like the next time I had that class, the professor was like, congratulations, you got a part. And then I was like, now I got to do this shit. Like, nah, nah. And I got a small, small part with no lines. Uh-huh. 
but it changed my whole life. Right. In in that, even though this was and 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 it's funny how God works, man. Like I had on this mask, a literal mask, but behind that mask, the first time I got on stage, I realized I can do anything I want. I can be anybody I want. And I don't have to worry about people judging me because it's pretend, it's not real. Yeah. I can express myself in a way I never have before. And that was a life-changing moment for me that I that I got to do that, especially being from the places where we're from. Like, especially men, we don't often get to do that. Mm-hmm. And to be able to just act stupid, like freely, childlike, like a little kid. Yeah. And 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 short so shortly after that, I did a series. Uh, of more plays, and then I did their, at Dade. At Dade, okay, it was all that day, and then I did their summer program, mm. and after the summer program, they offered me a theater scholarship, and so I was like, okay, I guess to where to there, yeah, to to oh, Dade. Shit. I was like, all right, I guess, I guess this is I, I'll do this for a while. I was never really fully committed, but I was like, they gonna pay for it, so I'm gonna ride this education <laughs> right, out, right, right, you know, whatever. And then uh, I mean, it's more to the story, but fast forward to the point where you're talking. One night, uh, me, Arturo uh, Fernandez, and Bashir, Bashir Sylvain, we, we were at Denny's, bro, and we would have these conversations about the type of work that was in town. You met these guys at I, I knew Bashir since, I've known Bashir since middle school. Okay. Uh, but we didn't get close until college, because we had, we had the same, like, our, his close friends were my, like, my friends. Not, like, my best friends, but they were, like, friends right. that sure. I knew really, really well. And, and the same thing, I had close friends that he knew really well. Since uh-huh. from middle school to high school, uh-huh. but when I saw him coming to the door in college, I was like, "Yo, bro, this is it!" Like, nah, it's only me. Like, <laughs> like yeah. we brothers now, right, so, right. <laughs> and we've been brothers like since that day. And then I met Arturo in college, um, and it was mostly spearheaded by Arturo, man, being like, "They're only doing certain types of plays." Yeah, and even outside of outside of Miami Dade, they're only calling you a certain time of year. They call you in February to do whatever play they were doing at the time for Black History Month. And they aren't calling people just to play these roles freely. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, we would go out and party and and then shit. And then we'd have these conversations. And one day after we were all like, let's start our own shit. Let's start our own shit. Arturo literally came with the blueprint for it all for Ground Up. And we were like, why can't we do this? What's in that blueprint? It was a literal like breakdown of everything it took to start a theater company damn from bro, from dude. all the tax stuff to oh, shit. you know what i mean to to getting the rights and because we didn't know any of that stuff like getting the rights to a play and then all that stuff it was the blueprint to how to do it how to try to get grants from the city how to try to wow. you know find, find a place where you can go set up um and and just just like the blueprint for, for us at that young age to figure out how to do this right and then we did it you know what I'm saying? And a play like Pillow Man, nobody would have ever gave people that look like me a chance to do that show. Because it's an Irish play, isn't it? R- right. Uh, I think Russian, Russian or, or Irish or something like no, that. No, because it, yeah, I think it's right. I think it's Irish. Yeah. But uh, all that being said, it's like, why can't somebody who looks like me do that play? Mm-hmm. There's nothing specific about it, specific about it that's saying- At all. Whatever. And, and it's in its true form, acting- art should be just your interpretation of this, unless you are playing like a real person. You know what sure, I'm saying? Sure, um, At least in my opinion. Um, and so we did, man. We started our own shit, and Pillow Man 
when Pillow Man came across, I was like, yo, this is one I really want to do because it was it was one of the first times I just got to be a real dick. Like Tupolsky was a dick. That's right, yeah. You know what I mean? That's He's the right. smartest person in the room. And if you even think for a second you're smarter than him, he's <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, let you yeah. know you're not by by some way. And at the time that that play was going on, that's kind of where we were. Like, let's do all the shit that they would never let us do because we want to do it. And it was fucking great to see, bro, because oh, you guys you, had that shit. You had that passion of like, you know, when you first start doing this shit. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah. bro, like, because now, and we're going to go through your career, bro. So don't yeah. feel like you got to rush through any, <laughs> any of the stuff. But, like, I wonder if you're chasing that shit even now of, like, that beginning. Because I know I am, bro. Yeah. That feeling I had uh, starting out. I started out similar to you, man, a date. Mm -hmm. And I got cast as, and blow, come blow your horn. My first play ever. Yeah. <laughs> Come blow your horn with, by Neil Simon. Yeah. And I'm the lead in the shit. Holy shit. I have all the fucking lines in this thing. Yeah. This dude was there. Hector was there, my producer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and we fucking, bro, and, and I and I kind of chase, I've been chasing that feeling of that opening night ever since, bro. Yeah. So I wonder with your career now and, and to the height that you've gone into, bro, if you still are thinking about going back to that, like, grind of doing theater again mm -hmm. is it, are you still kind of chasing that bug bro uh, the the bug that 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 i think you're speaking about it never leaves you mm. and i think sometimes um sometimes we can chase trying to recreate moments mm. rather than focusing on the feeling you have in this moment you know what i'm saying um because it's, it's i've been very blessed in my career as somebody who started out, even when you saw Pillow Man, we were doing plays before that in literal holes in the wall. Yeah, I and, know. And, yeah. and there would be this many people in the audience. Yeah. And, and one of them would be a critic. You know what I mean? Right, right on. You could hear the motherfucker writing the the critique as you're acting. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, I hope he writes something good. You know what I'm saying? But during that, I tell everybody that that was like my favorite time of as an artist because also there wasn't so much that came with it. Okay. Whereas now it's like my face is on TV every Monday night in millions of homes. And I forget that shit. Like I forget it all the time. And even even when I, I never thought I'd do sitcom, like ever. The first time I did it, I remembered theater. Because at that time we had an audience, we had a full audience, and I treat everything like theater. Mm. And of course, actors are going to tell you different, like whatever, whatever, whatever do what works for you. Sure. Anybody offended by that, so be it. Do what works for you. As long as you are safe mentally and physically, do what works for you. And if you're serving the project, serving the story, do what works for you. Because uh -huh. um, it's always going to change. You'll find different things all the time. But that feeling, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's times where I do feel it. There's times where I don't. And then there's times I have to remind myself not to actively chase it. Because then I won't experience whatever this moment's bringing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what it's about: creating those new moments and new feelings, and letting that moment, which you saw it in Pillow Man, led to me being here. No you know, and building those moments. But it's also great to never forget where you came from and forget why you started doing this, especially in this industry, because uh -huh. it, it can go out the window in a heartbeat. So that I try to keep in mind in everything I do, why did you start doing this? Right. You know, and I tell people that want to act all the time, like, why do you want to act? 
to answer that question, that's going to dictate how you go about this career. Why, why did you want to act? I got the chance to express myself in, in ways that I didn't think was possible. And I felt like it was helping me to really mature as a person, like as a man. You know what I mean? And I, and I know now we, we process the word man and the word uh, woman so thoroughly nowadays. But whatever it means to you individually, like we, I, I, we come from a place, I came from a place where we weren't allowed to express ourselves fully. And, and culturally, black people weren't allowed to express themselves fully. And when I got on stage, for me, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way to anybody that appreciates my work, but I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing it for anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm telling a story and I don't feel judged. Like, I don't read reviews. I don't, I don't do all that shit. I don't even watch my own work because it's just, I'm getting to express myself as an artist. Right. And there's something that something cathartic about that for me that just helps me to be at peace, you mm -hmm. know? And after that pillow, man, so kind of run me through what happened. So I know you guys were doing that thing. You were doing the theater company in Miami. Yeah. When do you decide, was it LA or, or New York for your first? Oh, man. So me and New York don't really get along. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why people are so pissed over there. Like, what uh, are you so mad about? What you... I'll tell you my New York experiences. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll me through it. But uh, I, um, I had decided, this was funny, I had one foot in and one foot out with being an actor. And it was- The whole time? The whole time. Arturo, Bashir, uh, my manager now, still my manager, he's been my manager the whole time. My buddy Claudio, the whole ground up crew pretty much kept me, kept me in this. It, it was kind of like Arturo once told me, it was kind of like, it sounds like, like really like I'm tooting my own shit, but he told me it was kind of like Goodwill Hunting, where they tell Matt Damon, like, what Ben Affleck's like, I hope I come by here and, oh, you, oh, and you're oh. fucking gone. Uh -huh, you know uh -huh. what I mean? Because I tried to quit so many times and Arturo really? would be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? In those early days, you yeah, were like, Yeah, because out. for me, for me, it wasn't, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it for any other reason other than it felt good. So for me, it wasn't real. It wasn't a real job, quote unquote. And I was, I was set to, after the chef thing passed, I was, chef, I was on the path to be a cop. Like that was like the plan mm -hmm. to work security for a little while and then try to, and try to be a cop. So the whole time I was in Miami, I was just taking on a bunch of gigs. Uh, we did ground up. Arturo and I were in a, <laughs> this, it's a group called Urban Disturbance. Okay. Which was like, so before the new Performing Arts Center opened up uh -huh. to promote the opening, they wanted to hire a bunch of artists to like run around and to these different gigs. Like, homie, when I tell you, I have been on stilts dressed in drag at Cayo Ocho. Oh, no, Like, dude. if there's any photos of that shit, please burn it. Uh, I have been, me and Arturo have chased each other as these Roman characters at an ostrich farm. Like some, what the we fuck? like we have been like, yeah, we yeah. have done some crazy That's shit. Hilarious, bro. But I was doing all that stuff because I was like, I'm making a little bit of money. I'm gonna try to get out my parents' home. And so as it goes, Bashir was the first one to leave. Bashir moved to LA. Okay. I was dating. Is he the same age as you or you? Yeah, yeah, okay, we're the same. Okay, all okay. of us are pretty much the same. Gotcha. Claudio's the youngest. Okay. But um So he leaves. Bashir leaves. My girlfriend at the time, mm -hmm. um, who was also a, a member of, of Ground Up, she was an actress. She moved to LA, 
And I was in my house, and my mom and my dad had come in the door from dropping off my baby brother at college. I'm the middle child of the three boys. My older brother's often was off in the Air Force already. And my little brother, they come in the, come in the house. They just dropped him off at college at uh, UCF. And she comes home, and I'm sitting there. And we we had just had a thing for my girlfriend at the time, moving to L.A. So I'm just like, what the? F-? I was like, I guess I can try to be a cop in L.A. Like, that was my <laughs> thought. I was like, I guess wow. I can do it there. So my mom comes in, and she's like, what you doing? And I go, Ma, can you buy me a ticket to L.A.? Just like that. Uh-huh. And that's, I just came to L.A. Wow. Because I was like, I'll come here and then I'll, you know, I'll pursue the, I'll get a job working security because I had experience from Miami. Okay. And then my girl's here, my best friend's here. And you might as well. Might as well. You know, Do I mean? the same shit you were doing Do in the Miami, same shit, right. And and that that was my plan, bro. And I got to L.A. and I hated it. Oh, you hated it? Yeah. I hated every second of this What place. was it about I found myself worried about all the shit I could not control. Okay. All the the, the racism that exists, the the sexism that exists, the the way the industry can be set up about where you're from and where you went to school and nobody knows you. Who you I, know who Exactly. I had done everything in Miami. Every show that came to Miami, I guess started on it. Uh done a bunch of plays. Oh, TV gigs you're talking yeah, about. Okay. Yeah. But when I got here, nobody give a shit. Cold, None yeah. of it matters. You know what I'm saying? And at all. At all. They at don't, all. I they know. don't care. Bashir and I had done some work in Miami. Um, I guess I skipped over this, but there's this this film that exists. It's called The Bahama Hustle. I'm not saying okay. you should go watch it. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it was Bashir and I's first time on camera. You're probably too young to know who uh, Ed Lover and Dr. Dre are. Not not Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre. Oh, no, no, no. So back in the day, MTV uh-huh. used to have. You, do you know Yo MTV raps yeah, from back yeah, in the yeah, day? Yeah, so I've seen, I've seen clips. Dr. Dre and that lover used to host uh, Yo MTV raps, and they they were pretty popular. Mm-hmm. They did a string of films and got like a package deal, so they had to do these movies. One of the movies they they had left to do was called The Bahama Hustle. They were in it for two seconds. Bashir and I were like the stars of this film. Oh shit! And. This is, I'm a big believer in faith and how God works. Like, I drove Bashir to the audition. At the time, I was like, I'm done with acting. Like, like I'll just do plays with you guys, but like, I'm, I'm done. You were always on the right. I was always, right. I was always trying to hustle, man. Like, like make some money and, and yeah, get yeah. a real job. Yeah, yeah. So Bashir's like, drive me to this audition. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he's like, um, yo, why don't you just come inside? Just, just come inside and, and read with me. I was like, man, no, I don't even know what this is. And he said, just come on, man. So I go in, uh, Bashir had got cast already. Oh, he like was the ready. Lead. So they were looking for his, his, you know, the scene part to be like the, the buddy with him. Right. And so I was taking him so he can go, you know, read with all these people. And so I go in and I read <laughs> and then I go home and uh, Bashir calls me. Bashir's like, yo, did they tell you? And I was like, tell me what? And he was like, you got the part. I was like, ain't nobody tell me nothing, bro. And he's like, are, are, wait, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. This is back in the day where headshots, uh, they really, like, I forget, like, your name wasn't on it. It was, like, on the other side. Or something. Long story short, they com- they confused me with another person, our names and our headshots. Okay. So they called the wrong person and gave oh. him the part. So, <laughs> me and Bashir have to go to the mall to meet the costume designer. Uh-huh. And... 
<laughs> the guy that they told had the part, they told him to go to the mall too. Oh. And so man. I bump into homie and he don't he don't know it's me that got the part. And uh-huh. he was like, Bashir was like, yo, man, like, like, what's up? Because Bashir knew what had happened. Uh-huh. The guy was like, I don't know, man. Like, first they told me I got the part and to come here, <laughs> and now they told me I can be like a background. <laughs> and I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up, bro. Like, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> anyway, so uh-huh. I get the part. Me and uh-huh. Bashir go to the Bahamas. We do this horrible film. We had a blast. It's dope, though. You're going to the Dude, Bahamas. Yeah, you're yeah. shooting with your boy. We had a blast, man. Like it was, it was so much fun. That film and this other little independent film. Um, my manager, when Bashir got here, Bashir met our manager. Gotcha. And Bashir showed him that film, and he was like, "Yo, if your boy ever comes here, I'll send him out mm. to to stuff." And sure enough, he did. When I moved here, first thing I did was get a job working security. I used to work. At a hotel, I used to work at Jim Henson Muppet Baby Studios. Wow. I worked at SpaceX, fucking Elon Musk. Really, dude? Building rock. Never met Elon. Oh, shit. But I did see some rockets getting built. That's uh, kind of dope. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the early days of that shit. In the shit, early man. days, yeah. This That was right before I booked uh, Vice Principals. And that that's what changed my life. But but wait, but so so you, you move over here, you're doing that? I moved here. I hated LA. I was here for about four and a half years. And then four and a half, and Bashir's manager took you over. Right? Yeah, so yeah. He's he's repping you. Yeah, just a manager. No just, I, that's all I had was a manager, and uh, he in fact was with a uh, an agency, and he left and started his own thing. Gotcha. He did this thing for me that he told me later on. I never knew that he would send me out when I first moved here for things that were pretty much already booked and already cast. They already had the offer out. Yeah, but he would tell the people, "Look, just see him." I didn't know he was doing this. He just wanted me to meet people and them to see me. Sure. And I would go in and get great feedback. Mm. And he knew I wasn't going to get the part, but he was like, "You're was, meeting the cast, right?" It was really smart. He was like, "I just want them to see you." Yeah. And it and it, I mean, it's got me here to this day. But um, but four and a half years, you're, and I, you're I auditioning what? Like what? You're I was doing like commercial auditions and not booking anything. Not really booking anything, but I was laying the. I, I didn't realize it till later that I was laying the foundation, but I hated mm-hmm. every step of it. You hated it. Yeah, I went into the room with all the angst, and I know they're mad at mad because I'm not from here and I'm dark and, and, man, and my yeah. lips are pink and all types of shit. We were like talking about that shit. Yeah, man. and, and f- even and even have and even my name being like Sheon and you oh. wouldn't believe how many audition rooms I walked in and they would go, Sean, I get it every day of my life. Somebody calls sure, me Sean. Sure. And I'm used to it. But the moment that they would come out and go, Sean, and I would go, You mean Sheon? They would catch an mm. attitude, homie. Like, how dare you have your own your name? That big ass chip on my shoulder. So everything bothered me. I had no reminder, like you were saying before, of why I had started doing this. Word. Or that feeling that you got from that opening night. Yeah. All that shit was gone when I got here. Yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me. I had um it became about something else. Absolutely. Booking. And, it, uh, it wasn't about the fun. It wasn't about the expression. You know what I mean? And my girlfriend at the time, we broke up and then that was it. I was like, man, screw this. I'm going to just go back to, I'm going to go back to Miami. Wait, before we go there. So you, what, when did fake it till you make it happen? 
Cause you, you mean make it happen? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So during that time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I was happen. faking yeah. too. All right. Faking um, you make it yeah, pretty bro. much. Yeah. That is the, yeah, that, the that's pretty much the premise of the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, the web series Bashir and I did um, ahead of its time. By the way, thank bro, you, man. Because thank if you guys had done that shit now, absolutely different fucking absolutely story. we we still get people that are like yo are you guys gonna do it again or do more and it's not dead the idea of it's not that dead. shit is funny dude we had a lot you can of fun find it on youtube or yeah, yeah yeah and uh well bashir again bashir and i are sitting around and bashir being like Man, let's just do our own shit let's just do it this is within those four years this yeah. is within those okay, four okay, years and and it's shit like that you don't realize you're putting in the work even when you're pissed and you're going through all that stuff we were just sitting around. I would get off work, and Bashir would be like, let's do our own thing. And then he wrote a script, and then we worked on it together. And we knew the peop- We knew some people we had worked with in Miami um, on-, on a film, and they lived out here. So we were like, yo, we got this idea. And they were like, all right, let's do it. We had like $20 total. You know what I mean? They and the <clears throat> they had the equipment. Gotcha. And... Um, and then we pulled a bunch of favors, man. Like Bashir, Bashir can go. He's one of those sell water to a well type of people, yeah, bro. Like right. this motherfucker came back with an actual bus. You know what I mean? Like we That's had no, we had no money, like right, zero, right. and no credits to our name. And we did a scene where we were on this bus, and somehow Bashir got a bus. He talked his way into a fucking <laughs> he bus. He talked yeah. his way to a bus, <laughs> and then I I was able to talk to the people at the hotel I was working in to to use you know for a scene and. Just stuff like that. It came together, and so we were we shot make it happen. We showed it to a few people, and they were like, "This is fucking funny. We want to mm-hmm. see more." And so we did it. We did as much as we could until Wait. until we just didn't have enough resources to continue to do it. And at that time, uh, my girl and I had broken up. She moved back to Miami. Okay, you know, and and that was my first time like. Dealing with heartbreak, oh, and it, it was it was some real. It fucked me up for a while, um, and at that time, that same time, Bashir got in that bad car accident, and I was like stuck in L.A. I was like, I can't, oh. I can't really leave because my my brother's in the fucking hospital, and my girl's gone. I had nowhere to live. It's like crashing on couches, and trying to be there for him to make sure he was cool. And then when she first left, we were still together. So I was like, I'm going to try to make it work. And it, it was honestly the most stressful time in my fucking life. Wow. And and trying to deal with all that and, and figure out what to do with my life. And ultimately, I was like, I'm going to f- be there for Bashir. When he gets out, we'll finish the web series. And then I'm going back to Miami. Oh, because you hadn't finished the web series. Because we hadn't finished it. We were shooting the last the last episode, and we finished that last episode, and I moved back to Miami. Damn. And at that time, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done being an actor. And It's kind of crazy because it, you're, you're talking about how these people were the ones who were basically keeping you in the game all this yeah. time. It's almost like the universe, God, whatever, kind of took them out of their positions as holding you. And then here you go back to Miami as like, all right, here we go. Now I'm yeah. out. I'm out this bitch, right? Yeah. So you get to Miami. What happens? So you're still with the manager? or you Yeah. So I, so I was still with my manager and he knew I was leaving, but he he was like, look, man, um, you need to do what you need to do for, for your life. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he was like, I'm going to call you from time to time and just ask you, one, to check in on you. And then two, like, just if you feel like putting something on tape, like an audition, I'll send it your way. I was like, all right, man, but my focus is going to be the police academy. Like, I'm trying to get into police academy. And that was my focus when I left. Like, that and, and trying to, the first time in my life, process heartbreak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no manual for that shit. No. So, and I didn't, and I'm not a person who would naturally share how I'm feeling with everybody. And so I was trying to process that all alone, like all on my own and trying to figure out how to heal, even to the point where like Bashir and, and Arturo and, and like, they really didn't, they wouldn't even speak this girl's name around me for like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like, they thought gonna... I was that fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it got to a point where once you get over it, uh, for me at least, a large part of this is like forgiving yourself and healing yourself. And you got to do that shit, whatever it is for you. Like you have to heal you. And it, it might not look like other people do it. And it might not look like the way your friends want it to look. But you have to heal yourself, man. And I had to process that and God knew what he was doing. I think God sent me home to be like, let me first of all sit you down. Yeah. Put you around your family. Important. Get regrounded. Understand why you started doing this shit. And then you'll be ready. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I I went and I passed the test. You have to pass a test to see if you can get into a police academy. So I went back to Miami. I was working at a law office. Um, my homie Jose, I don't know if you know Jose, Jose Paredes. No. He was a part of a ground up as well, but his wife had a law office. So she put me and Claudio for some reason <laughs> to work in a law office. <laughs> we probably set them back a few years. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> But I was working there, man, and just just doing everything I could to train to see if I can get into the police academy. Right. And one day my manager was like, uh, there's this audition, uh, put it on tape, I put it on tape. He was like, they want to see you in person. And I was like, dude, oh. you know I can't. He's like, don't worry about it. Just come out here. You can sleep on my couch. I'll pay for half of the ticket. I was like, all right, but I only got a week. Like, I can only do this for like a weekend and like a couple of days. Like, that's it, because I'm... I'm waiting to see if I can get into the police academy. I had interviewed with Fort Lauderdale Police Department. Oh shit! They yeah. turned me down for whatever uh-huh. reasons, but uh-huh. thank God they did. Um, and I had interviewed, I interviewed with Fort Lauderdale and I think somewhere else. I can't remember, but um, I came out to LA, and uh, this is where I tell people it. To me, it's all faith. It's all God. But so I come out to LA, and. I do the audition. I'm staying at my manager's house. At his, yeah. uh, he's out of town, but I'm crashing on his couch. His girlfriend at the time had a friend who was crashing in her room, and I don't. I've never met this girl, but you'll see how she comes back into the picture later. It was hilarious. And uh, I'm here. I'm staying, you know, sleeping on his couch, and I go do the audition. The guy running the session, he's like, "Hey, man, um, I don't know if you're gonna get this part." But you're really fucking talented. You should. The casting director. The, cast, the, 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 the showrunner. Oh, shit. His name was Tommy Shlami. That's his real name. Tommy Shlami. But, but he, Tommy Shlami, is a legend in this industry. Okay. So you'll see how he connects. Uh huh. So they were doing a show about the Manhattan Project when they built the uh, atomic bomb, was it, or, or something like that? Um, so I read for one of the roles. He was like, I don't know if you're right for this, but you should not leave L.A. My manager had told him, like, oh, if knew. you want this kid, 
Yeah, let him know because yeah. he was like, but he's like, you shouldn't go home. And I literally was like, Tommy, that's cool, but I ain't got no money. Like, you know, whatever. So I leave and I'm waiting to hear back. And Bashir's like, yo, let's go to church. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm always down here to work. And so we're in church in Crenshaw and there's a guest pastor. And he's from the Bahamas. And my uh, my grandma, my dad's mom, my grandmother's from the Bahamas. So I'm like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Then he starts talking about Miami. And so at this time, Bashir's like, this is for you. <laughs> this, is, this, this is like, Jesus. Like, right. So I'm like, whatever, man. So then he keeps saying, it's time for you to act. What? He would stop. And I was like. <laughs> Did Bashir like, set this yeah. dude Bashir, up? Bashir, like, <laughs> Mind you, there's like four people between us. And Bashir was like. Yeah. Some lady's like, your friend is catching the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You need to go stop him. <laughs> so he's like, it's time for you to act. On your faith. What? And I was like, okay. And then he he gives this whole sermon and he's saying, whatever it is you believe in that you're passionate about, God gave it to you for a reason. You have to trust him. You trust him. It's going to be more harmonious than any other path that you take. Not that everything in life is going to be stress-free. This path, you will find, will probably be the most harmonious in the least stressful. You'll see much more happen. And he start, he's like, you know, you have to act on your faith. If you trust whatever obstacles you had before, God's going to clear them out of your way. Whatever obstacles you have, he goes, when you read the Bible, you'll see what God has done for people. Storms, um, killing giants, uh, earthquakes, famines, plagues, parting of the Red Sea, whatever he needs to do to get you where you need to be, he will do it. And so I'm like... Okay. Okay, cool. So he closes the sermon and he goes, it's time for you to act. And remember, if, if God needs to, to, to send an earthquake and shake up the world just for you, God will do that. Just for you. He cares that much about you. So I was like, all right. And we go, you know, Bashir's in my ear the whole time. I'm sure. And then I, he drops me off in my manager's place that night and I'm on his couch and it's a fucking earthquake. Bro. I am not kidding you. Like the whole place starts to shake. I jump up off the couch. We from Miami, so I'm using hurricanes, yeah, yeah. earthquakes and shit. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is this? So I jump up and I run outside. I'm in the middle of this courtyard. Like, what the fuck is happening? Bashir's calling my phone in the middle of the earthquake. <laughs> like, <laughs> I told you, I told you, I told you it was God. <laughs> Bro, that's fucking so, amazing, dude. So I go I go back into the uh into the apartment and I forget homegirls in the bedroom. <laughs> So she comes out and she's got like a, a sheet on and she's like, oh my God, what's happening? And I was like, I think it's an earthquake. And she was like, did you leave me? And I was like, I'm going to be honest, sis, I forgot you was here. Like, yes, I left you. <laughs> but um, So after that, the next morning. Did you go find this pastor, bro? Because I would have been I, like, I, I have not. Mother- fa- oh my I have God. not. I have not found him. But right, so this, on. so the next morning, uh-huh. 8 a.m., a buddy of mine named Robert. I don't know if you know Robert Eunice. No. He, he's, he's also from Miami, went to Miami-Dade. So Robert had moved to L.A. And Robert lived in uh, Los Feliz. And I say Los Feliz. The people here say Los Feliz. Los Feliz. But that is, it's Los, Los Feliz. Feliz. Yeah, yeah exactly. you got that man. Exactly, sure. right. <laughs> so that's my favorite part of L.A. And Robert was living there. And I slept on his couch for maybe like a month at one point. So Robert calls me 8 a.m. And he goes, yo, I heard you're in town. And I was like, yeah. 
And he goes, listen, I need to leave tonight to Albany. I'm going off to do this thing. I need somebody to stay in my apartment and, and watch my cats. You can have my car and you can just stay here. Duh. And I was like, uh, I was like, listen. And my manager's like, just say, yeah. And I was like, okay, man. Like, okay. But when I told him, I was like, Robert, if I get the call, from the police academy oh. that I got in, I got to go. Still with the police right. shit. You're right, still he, right. I'm still police. trying to do it. And so he was like, um, he was like, it's fine. I just need somebody to come here now. And I was like, all right. So I go. My manager's like, fuck it. I'm going to start sending you out on stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I go. I'm at his place. And this is now like a Tuesday. And then we get the word that I didn't get the part from 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 the other the Manhattan Project. Okay. I didn't get it. Tommy so like, all right, right. His from, name? From Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Schlamy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm here. Another buddy of mine calls and he's like, yo, I'm driving across country. I'm moving to LA. If you want to find a place together, like I, I would be down, man. Like I need a roommate. And I was like, his name is Curtis, um, Curtis Bells. That I have heard his name. Yeah, yeah. Curtis is all Curtis was in Pillow Man with us. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Extremely yeah, talented fucking yeah. actor. Um, he he lives out here now. And so I was like, all right, dude, like, listen, I don't know if I can get an apartment because when I left LA, my credit was jacked. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can get one. He's like, all right, man, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. I was like, all right. So he gets here on like Friday and my manager had sent me to an audition for, uh, it was a show on Netflix called Great Grace and Frankie or Frankie and Grace, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And I go to the audition and I fucking kill it. And I walked out and I was like, I killed, I've never said, I was like, I killed that shit. Like, yeah, I yeah. killed it. You know what I mean? And I was, and I remember how much fun it was. Like, uh, uh-huh. I was like, damn, that was fun. So they wanted to test me. That was my first time testing, testing. for anything. Right. And so my manager's like, they want to test you. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I go, <laughs> I go the next, the next day to the test. And I didn't know. My manager forgot to tell me. He's trying. He was trying to get in contact with me, but I had my phone off because it all was happening so fast. He was like, "Listen, they're gonna have you sign a contract. It's gonna show you how much you will make." So remember, at the time, I had zero dollars. Right. And right before I go in, <laughs> I look at this contract and I'm like, "Holy shit!" What's the number? Uh, at that time, it was twenty five thousand and that per episode. So for somebody. Dude. What, 10, 8, 9, 8 years ago? You have zero, you used to make $10 an hour? Like, here's 25000 episode, and I think it was already picked up for a full season. How many? Do you so remember how many? So I think many? they may 10? have been picked up for like 10 or 12. Fire. Like, I don't, like, something 25 like that. To, yeah, you, you're, Right, you're, so it was like, yeah. this is life, this could be life-changing money. And it fucking threw me. Oh. Like, I went into the audition, and I was like, uh <laughs> oh. I, I knew I bombed. I knew I had bombed. And a funny thing happened on the way out. There's a guy in the show now, the the, the black guy that plays, I don't know if he's like an adopted son or something, but it was between me and him. So black people, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you guys do the same thing, especially in Miami. We uh-huh. do the head nod when you see somebody, right? <laughs> and when a right. black person don't do it back to another black person, we like, yo, I had to check his credentials. Like, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, and so... <laughs> And maybe he didn't know, you know, that this is what was happening. So on the way out, I'm like, fuck, man, like, whatever. And I see him and he looks up at me and I'm about to give him a head nod and he puts his head down. Oh. 
And he may have just been reading this line. Sure, sure. So then I got stuck in this weird thing. And he looked back up real quick and I was like, Oh, you threw him like a wink. You threw him a wink. I'm sure to this day he's like, Why did this fucking dude wink at what? <laughs> so I, I remember walking out and I remember that vividly because I was laughing over that so hard. I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed. Uh, I was like, oh, that shit was funny. But again, I think but I realize now that was preparation. So mm-hmm. I go do that audition. My buddy Curtis gets here. And we start looking for an apartment. And I tell him, like, yo, man, if I get this word, I got to go, I'm going to leave. He's like, all right, fine, fine. Wait, word on what? From the police academy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, God listen, damn it, listen, dog. Bro, it's that, exhausting to right, be a friend, right. bro. You're I'm telling like, you, bro. Like, I was trying to be <laughs> super cop, dude. Trying to save the world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And but, so, but wait, but the testing deal's on hold, or, or you know you didn't get it already? You I've have been, a feeling. I had a feeling I wasn't. I wasn't right, because you had bond. Yeah, I, I knew it, I knew it had you, fucked up. So. You. We're driving down the street after going through several apartments that pretty much turned us down. We couldn't get it. We found this one on the way home in Sherman Oaks. And we go in. The lady's like, uh, she's got, she runs like the credit. And we're sitting there and she goes, um, you guys are, she goes, you guys are fine. You might want to work on your credit. And I was like, fuck. And she's like, no, not you. Your credit's fine. And I was like, huh? She's like, your credit's fine. You just have to show that you have a job and the place is yours. I can just do it based off your credit. And I was like, what the? I, I forgot when I got to Miami, one of my boys was like, man, just open a Macy's card and buy a shirt every month and pay it off. That's oh, I completely forgot this. But it was an obstacle that was out of my way that mm-hmm. was holding me back before. Like mm-hmm. an obstacle that was gone. Mm-hmm. And then she, so she was like, just show you have a job. And I was like, shit, like, how are we going to do that in like 24 fucking hours? So I called my old security company and they were like, we have new management. And um, so we, we, you know, we, you'd have to come in and reapply. And right before I hung up, she goes, wait, wait, she, she on, she on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, S-H-E-A-U-N. I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, I thought it was Sean. She's like, you're the only file they left. We need a supervisor. Can you start tomorrow? Dude, come on. I'm not bro. bullshitting you. And I but was there, like, bro. Uh, okay. So I, I was like, is there any way you can send me anything that says I have this job? And she was like, yeah, sure. So I, I give that to the rent lady. She's like, yeah, this is cool. We had an apartment. So we had a, me and Curtis found this two bed, two bath uh, apartment. No, no furniture, right? Okay. So Curtis finds a bed. He Um, finds a bed. He finds a bed. I don't know how he found this bed, but he found a Uh bed. uh As I'm helping him move his bed in, the neighbor comes out. There's this young lady, gorgeous young lady. And she was like, any of you guys need a bed? (laughs) I was like, Yeah. She's like, I'll sell you mine for 200 bucks. I had $205 in my pocket. No, bro. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, and I was like, wait a minute. Why would you be giving your bed away? She's like, honestly, I've had it for a month, but my boyfriend's moving in and we need a bigger bed. And I was like, bro, yeah, hold yes. on. Do you feel you're on the fucking Truman show at this I, point? At, you're like, bro, this, what the fuck is going on? At this point, it hadn't hit me. It hadn't okay, hit it me had yet. not hit. Okay. It hadn't hit, I hadn't put it all together. Because my fucking anxiety, I'd be like, bro, what's going on? I think bro? because everything was happening, like, you, like it just hadn't hit me. So okay, I was like, okay, okay like, cool, yeah. I'll take the bed so I get the bed. Yeah. And 
we're 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 in the apartment and my manager's like, yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you out to you know some some more gigs. So I'm working security. I was at Jim Henson Muppet Baby Studios here in LA. And uh fun place to work. A lot of people still record there, a lot of recording artists mm-hmm. and shit. And so they lose the contract and they were like, the only place we have left is in Hawthorne at SpaceX to oh, work okay. security there. Right. I had to take four buses to get to work and five buses to get home. Oh, shit. And I worked the swing shift, which What's is from swing? three what to 11. Okay. So I would leave to go to work. I would have to leave at maybe like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't get home to maybe like two in the morning. And that was like five days a week or what are we doing? Five days a week. And (laughs) I remember one of the times my manager was like, um, there's an audition and I forget, I forget what this was for, but this was, this was the moment I knew I was back and I was supposed to enjoy myself. I went to this audition. I had to take three buses to go out of my way, then two more buses to get to the audition. And I'm in with the with the casting director and some some guy who works there who's typical bad attitude. And we start reading the scene and he fucks up. And he was just kind of like, eh, what we, we we can go past it. That's what he did. He went, we can go past it. And I went, nah, homie, I took too many buses to get here. Oh, yeah. He looked at me like I had, and the guy that I was reading for was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and start over. And I was like, fuck this. Like you, know, that, you know what I mean? So, that's like in a Will Smith movie right, or right. some so, shit where he's like, yo, no. Nah. But when I left there, I was like, oh, like, you, like you, you, you are not any type of anything for these people. Oh. Go in these rooms and do your fucking thing. You don't have to cater to them. You don't have to kiss their ass. You don't have to be a dick. But you're a human, homie, and you're an artist. And you're going there and that those 30 seconds to a minute that you get to go and show them your interpretation of whatever it is. You took your power back. There it is. Yeah. yeah. And in that moment, I was like, oh. And I started to honestly remember what this shit felt like. I, don't, I knew I didn't get that part. I told my manager what had happened. Like, yo. Yeah. I, and my manager was like, good for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. And so we're taking all these buses. And the next day, I get a letter. I'm this sitting, is within what? We're talking This was a week or... later. Shit. So I had been back in LA for now it's probably a month that okay. everything has happened. Yeah. It's yeah. been a month. Yeah. And at the end of that month, it was the first of the month. I remember we paid our first, first rent. Mm-hmm. And my first piece of mail in that place, my mom had forwarded to me from Miami was to orientation to the police academy. And I was like, holy shit, like, what the fuck do I do? We were sitting oh. on the floor, me and Curtis, and Curtis was like, what are you going to do? And I remember being like, the easiest thing I could do is go home, because he could just take over the lease at this point, uh-huh. because it's month to month, he'll be fine. Anybody, LA rooms weren't like crazy. And I remember being like, I'm just... I'll put it under the bed and, and, and sleep on it. And I did that. I put it under the bed, went to work. And the next week, uh, I auditioned for the show Vice Principals that was on HBO. 
and I remember going into the audition. At and, this point, you could still go back to Miami. Or yeah, no? I could have still went still, back. It was still the option there. But I'll be honest. Once I put that paper under my bed, I forgot about it. Like uh, I forgot it was there. And I go to the vice principal's audition and had so much fun doing that read that when I walked out, my manager rarely hears me say I killed it. And I told him, I was like, yo, I killed it. And he's like, all right, cool. So he calls, he's like, they want to see you again tomorrow. That um, first audition is just with the casting director. And I'll tell you a story later how they tie in. Okay. But it was just with the casting, the yeah. casting director, casting yeah. office. And the next day, I told my manager, I don't give a shit who's in the room. If you want to tell me, tell me. I don't care. Like, And so when I go back, I see a guy. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw the show, saw Vice Principles, but I played like the cafeteria worker. Mm-hmm. And I get there, and it's me, and it's one other dude, and he's dressed as a cafeteria worker. And I was like, oh, oh fuck, should I have dressed God, up like? Dog. But I was like, uh, right. right. I was like, whatever, man. And then in the room, I hear uh, Danny McBride. I hear him laughing because he's got that distinct-ass laugh. And I was like, oh, shit, Danny McBride's in the room. And so it's my turn. I go in. I read. It was, it was, it was a good read. And then the casting director's like, now you're going to read with Danny. Are you ready? And I was genuinely responding with, oh, are you ready? But it came out like, nigga, you ready? Like, oh. <laughs> and he was like, oh shit, let's go. <laughs> so we read and he drops the script and we start improv back Danny and forth. Does. Danny yeah. McBride. Yeah, because uh-huh. he's a freaking genius. Yes, and so yeah. we're improv back and forth. And at the end, the casting director, she was like, were you nervous? And I was like, a little bit. And Danny, Danny looked at me and he said, you can't tell. You fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I was like, now I know why I'm back here. Right. And not that I needed anybody else's validation, but to, but to get that from him. Yeah. Means something. It means something. It right. trumped any other experience I had, any bad audition, any fucking person who treated me any type of way in this industry or talked down to you or didn't consider you were worth anything. It made all that shit go away. Right. And I was like, I belong. And that's something I think a lot of us struggle with. In that moment, I realized I belong. So I leave the audition. I tell you're my manager, high, I was on a high, weird. dude. Yeah, yeah. And I weird. went to work. And uh, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to work look, singing. I don't give a I, fuck. I did. Dude. I literally went I to work like, like singing. And, <laughs> and they asked me. So one dude, SpaceX, um, has their own security. And then they had our firm, the private security. And if you wanted to work security, you probably want to do theirs because they pay a lot more or whatever. And one of the dudes was like, yo, they're hiring. And I looked at him. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be here very long. Mm. So I take, you know, at the end of the shift, I go home and we're waiting to hear back. Maybe three days go by. Nerve wracking. Right. My manager's like, they want to test you. Oh, shit. I was like, all right, cool. I've been through it before. You know what I mean? But like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And so another week goes by. I'm like, fuck, what is taking so long? He's like, they're just waiting for a test date. With them waiting, the company loses the contract in SpaceX. So now I don't have a job at all. Oh. And I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. I had to call my mom at one point for for some rent money. And then one day, to take my mind off of it, two weeks have gone by. Me and Claudio go play basketball, and this Neanderthal, like, breaks my fucking hand. Like... Yeah. Pop, like pops my hand. I'm like, shit. 
And so I called my manager, his name is Tash. And I told Tash, I was like, yo, man, I'm at to put like a cast on my hand. Do we know anything yet? He's like, I don't have a date yet, so I'm not going to tell them anything. We'll just wait. And I was like, all right, cool. He calls back and he go, he calls back two days later. And he says, they're going to use your tape from when you read with Danny as your test. Because Danny told them, we don't need to just use the tape. Shit. So I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah you so, ain't got to go back in and. And so maybe, uh, but you didn't sign. You haven't signed. So I didn't have thing. to go in. So oh, my manager negotiated you. everything at that oh, point. Oh, okay, okay. So I didn't have to go in. And about a week goes by, and at that time, me, Curtis, my buddy Claudio was crashing on our couch, and we used to eat by using these Burger King and Subway coupons. Like that's mm-hmm. what we ate every day: Burger King, Subway. And so one day we can't find the coupons. <laughs> so we're scrambling around the house my manager calls and I literally go I gotta call you back cause I'm trying to find these coupons wow. bro and he says you gotta take this call this is the last time you're gonna need a coupon and then he told me I booked that show and who told you? my manager he's like you booked oh, it did. like yeah and that, that show was already it was written as a two season thing so it was already picked up as those oh, two seasons god, and god bro and it changed. Now, the were whole, you recurring? Were you series? I was reg? a series regular. Yeah. Fuck, mm-hmm. dude. And so, and and this is how that casting office, Bialy Thomas, who's one of the best in LA. So they have these. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done these, like these casting workshops mm-hmm. out here in LA. Where not in LA, in New York. But yeah. Oh, yeah. probably works the same in New York. Yeah, where there's sure. there's a casting director who ca- who's supposed to be somebody who's actively casting shows and shit. Yeah. And they'll call you in, uh, or you pay to go, and you do a scene in front of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the time, at least here in LA, they charge you for it. And I didn't have any money. This was this was the first four years I was here. Mm. And my buddy Robert, who lived in Los Feliz, was like, yo, come do this scene with me. And I was like, nah, man, like I, I don't have time for that. He's like, please, please, just come do it with me. Call my manager. I was like, this dude wants me to go do this workshop. He was like, who's 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 running the workshop? This guy Russell. Uh Russell Scott. And he's like, uh, Russell's a good dude. He's like, yeah, go, just just go do it. And so we get there, and then they don't pair me with him. And I was supposed to be doing the scene with him. And I was like, yo, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I'm just here for you. Mm-hmm. He got paired with some girl. She was cute. So he was like, nah, man, don't worry. He's like, you're good. <laughs> right. He was like, you good. <laughs> so they pair me with this. With this girl, she had the thickest accent I've ever heard. Uh, I thought you were going to say something else. No, no, no. She, she was good looking, but I'm talking okay, about okay. the accent. <laughs> the accent was thick. Make sure uh, I enunciate uh-huh, accent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, we get on stage, and I have never, to this day, I've never watched the show Breaking Bad. I know people- No, me neither, dude. Okay, so- We're solid. And this was at the height of the show. Yeah. And so I didn't know what it was. But when the girl started speaking to me, I was like, I have no idea what she's saying. So I'm just going to play it that way. Uh-huh. And so we read. And before we got up, the lady was like, they're going to do a scene from Breaking Bad. And so I guess everybody else knew the show wasn't a comedy except me. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I play it like I just don't understand her. And they are dying Dying. laughing. So I was like, I guess it's funny, but I literally can't understand this girl. So right, whatever. Right, right, right. End of, end of the day, um, the guy was like, Russell was like, you're really funny. And I was like, you know, thanks. Like, whatever. The yeah. next morning, my manager called. And he's like, yo, what did you do last night? 
And I'm thinking, like, what the fuck did I do? Like, I don't know, man. Like, what happened? He's like, yo, Russell uh, Russell Scott just called me from Bialy Thomas' office and said you were fucking hysterical. He said if he ever has anything, he'll he'll send you out. And my manager told him at the time, my manager was like, he had pitched me to Russell five times already. And Russell was like, eh, you know how it is. Like, yeah, you, yeah. But he got the chance to see me in person that one time. And true, true to his word, he sent me to do a guest star on a show called Common Law um, the first four years that I was here, just like a little one-day thing, which was yeah. cool. Yeah. But fast forward, that's the office that casted vice principals. Mm. And that's how I got called in. Did, they you, were, did you go in then kind of remembering, oh, he, I, he, he knows me from I knew the, I knew their office because sure. I knew he worked there. He wasn't in the session, oh, though. Oh, he wasn't in no, the no, session. No, no, no. It, it was um, Sharon, uh, Sherry, Sherry Thomas. And I think uh, I think both Sharon and Sherry, I think, are their names. Uh-huh. But um, but it was that office that uh, that called me in to, to do that. And once I did vice principals... We we filmed in South Carolina. We were there for like five, six months in Charleston, South Carolina. How long between when you book it, when they tell you you got it, and then you're out there in South Carolina? It was. It took a while because they they had restarted. It took about, I want to say, two months. Okay. So I had to survive for those two months. Right. Uh, Taking out credit cards. Yeah, yeah. I can call my mom and be like, "Mom, listen, I promise this is going <laughs> this to is pay off." Right? <laughs> She was like, "Uh huh, your butt ain't got no job." I was like, "I do, mom," but uh, but yeah. I get to to South Carolina, man, and it was just it was a blast, brother. Like, if you can ever work with the Rough House crew, that whole Danny yeah. McBride crew, yeah. like, make sure you jump on it because that, that's one of the best crews. That's all I've heard too. You bro, can ever work with. They're so much fun, man. And then I've been working ever since that moment, homie. Like, I've been working ever since I've done that show. So you did that show two seasons? It was picked. It was it was only written as two seasons. Uh, when I got there, I got a chance to talk to Danny McBride, Jody yeah. Hill, yeah, and it was actually a movie that they had like on the back burner mm. that they had written, and they were like, "Yo, let's turn this thing into something," and they just turned it into this two season thing, and it it was just a fucking blast, man. Now we we can go into that work there. I mean, but I, but I want to keep on this this uh career trajectory so mm-hmm. you you know it's going to be a two-season thing what is it two years then on that show um, or is that, it... no we filmed it in like oh you filmed the full yeah so we oh, did the I first see. season and it was only 18 episodes so we did the first nine we had like uh maybe like a month off i think oh that's sick. and then we went back to do the 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 second night Okay, so you do that. You know that that's going to end there, right? Yeah. So are you looking for other work as you're doing that? or Yeah, I, I, I was auditioning for things uh, while I was doing it. Uh-huh. The only audition I distinctly remember was for Get Out. I remember I had to put that on tape for Lorel, oh, for Lorel's role. Yeah. I remember, put, I remember reading that and being like, this shit is going to be crazy. Right. And I remember putting that on tape. Uh, and then I got back to L.A., and it was just, I literally, for the first time in my life, had money in my pocket. You, you know what I'm saying? That, like, dude. oh my God. So let's talk about that. When I, t- when I tell you I understand why so many people who come from certain situations don't do well with money, I get it. It's because you come into all of this possibility and opportunity and you don't know really what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then there's people around you. And 
and then it's bad choices and for understanding how to make this work. Like the best thing that happened to me, the moment I booked that show, my manager said, we're getting you a business manager. Okay. And I was like, all right. And she's my business manager to this day. Shout out to Gina. Um, and I'm gonna she, have to hit you up about Gina. Right? Yeah, she, 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 she. Yeah, no, bro. Because yeah, yeah the money shit is is real. It, dude. It's so important, homie. Like, there's no financial literacy. Like, exactly. I mean, especially if your family doesn't come from bread. Right. All of a sudden, you're introduced to this money, and you're like, "Where the fuck? Like, what do, where I, do I do? I pull? Yeah, right. where do I put it? And How do I avoid? You know." I was lucky that one of the first things she did, and this is gonna sound funny, she said, "Um, when you get your first check." She said, I want you to walk around with it. And I was like, huh? I was like, all right. So I, I, I walk around with it. And then she goes, you're going to put it in the bank. And then I want you to take out a certain amount. And I was like, how much? She goes, take out whatever you want. And I was like, okay. So I go to the bank. Take out the whole thing. <laughs> and I took out like $2,000. Okay, okay. You kept to, at that time, yeah. that was an insane amount of money to I me. Hear you, bro. Yeah. And she was like, how much did you take out? And I was like, $2,000. She was like, all right, now I'm going to give you a week. And at the end of the week, I want you to come back and we'll see how much you have. Oh. So a week goes by and I came back with $1,800. She was like, damn. She was like, you spent $200? I was like, yeah. And she was like, now, I want you to understand the reason I did that is so you can understand, one, it's your money. Two, you've earned it. And three, you can either spend it, you cannot spend it, and you can see how fast it goes, and you can see how fast or slow it comes. That th This is money. And wherever you put it, you're going to see what it does. You put it somewhere where it's going to make money, it's going to make money. You put it somewhere where you're just giving it away, it's not coming back. Yeah. And this is how this works. And I was like, okay. Taking okay, baby right. steps through the whole. And, and thank God. Of I mean, course, I, I just, I'm, I bought a new house. I'm in, I live in North Hollywood now. I bought my first house. Mm -hmm. But all because I took these steps sure. to understand how, how to manage all this, man. And what, what I mean, we don't got to get into specifics, but mm -hmm. were there things, did you invest that money? Did you, like, how did you avoid yeah. some of the tax, you know? Yeah, but my business manager doubles as, as my, my tax person. And okay. so she's fully, uh, fully immersed in the world of, of taxes and um, got me hooked up with, with some stock people. So I invested in, at mm -hmm. first, like a very simple, basic portfolio, what anyone would start out with. Your, sure. your regular, like, Netflix, uh, Netflix and Apple and Disney and, and all that, all those quote-unquote predictable stocks. Yeah. I invested in that stuff, and some of that stuff did really well uh, recently. I and I forgot the money was there, mm -hmm. and my my stock people were like, "Now you can get more aggressive." So I let things accumulate for me that way, mm -hmm. and I waited until I waited until the second season of this show that that I'm on now to buy my house because for and this is where a lot of people mess up. Like I don't tell anybody what I currently make, but I'll tell you where I started. My first contract was twenty five thousand an episode. That was vice principals, and so if you do the numbers on that, Eight, what, eighteen, you said, 18 episodes, episodes, you can go and put down on a house, no doubt. But if you don't know that something else is coming, that's it's probably not a good idea. Uh -huh. And so that's what I did. I was like, I'm just gonna wait. Found, found whatever apartment I wanted in, in a nice area and. 
That that's where I lived. And you were renting. And I was renting up until literally my business manager had to force me to go. Mm -hmm. It's time for you to buy a fucking house. And I was like, Nah, nah. She's like, Shion. I'm, and then she emailed me the amount of money I had spent on rent since I had been her client. Oh, right. And she was like, this could have bought your house. And I was oh, like, shit. okay, it's time to buy a house. So and, uh, you, you think that with her advice, like, would you have bought earlier, you think? Or you think you did it at the right I point? think without her advice and guidance, I definitely would not have done any stocks. I definitely would have probably gotten in some type of tax and mistake. Yeah. Sure. Um, because she knew, she understands money and understands when you make a lot of money, you don't want to have a lot just sitting there. And right. people like, you know, like like me, where I'm from, um, you're terrified you're going to lose it. So I'm like, exactly. I don't want to touch it. Let's just leave it, it alone. Yeah, but then true. you understand a lot of these filthy rich people, uh -huh. you let your money make money. Uh -huh. And people hear that and don't understand what it means as far as like buying uh, property. Like now I'm looking for a rental property, like buying a, a building, a couple gotcha. of units. You know what I mean? And that's how you let your money make money, invested in something, in real estate. Get into real safest, estate. Right. And then stocks and, and, and shit like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you do you do the 18 uh, episodes on advice. And yeah. Then and then the next thing was, uh, uh, what was the show? Great News was the show. It was a short-lived show on NBC. But you, you got cast again series regular? No, that I was just a heavy recurring. Okay. And honestly, man, that was one of the funniest shows I've ever worked on. Really? Yeah, it's called Great News. It was on NBC, only two seasons. Um, John Michael Higgins, Andrea Martin, Briga Healing, Nicole Richie. Yeah. Uh, and to this day, Nicole Richie's one of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever met. Or Like, that, <laughs> that persona that people saw of her... Uh -huh. In that reality, whatever. Yeah, that ain't her. First day I showed up, um, and and I'm a little more confident at that point because I got a show under my belt. Yeah, I show up. I'm looking around. I'm at the NBC lot. Don't know where to go. I come around the corner, and it's her. It's Nicole Richie, and I'm like, oh shit, it's Nicole Richie. And she was like, you lost? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, what are you looking for? And I was like, yeah. this. She's like, oh, it's as nice as can fucking be. Uh huh. And I was like. That was Nicole Richie. Yeah, yeah. And so she was a she was a main character on the show, but from the first day, homie, like she was as cool as can be and nice. And she is smart as shit. Wow. Like she is fucking smart and well read. I've been to her house a couple of times, been to uh, a couple of her parties. Like um it was cool. I did that. And then this is how Tommy Shlami pops back up. Okay. So I'm probably most recognized now from either, and I can tell what people know me from by the way they, they greet me, either um, the neighborhood that I'm on now, vice principals, or Snowfall, like the work I did in Snowfall. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, that touches a lot of people. Snowfall <laughs> And so um, my manager called one day and he's like, yeah, they, there's this new show, Snowfall the same office that was doing the Manhattan Project is doing it. They want you to come in and read. And so I go in, I think it's just going to be like the casting office. And Tommy Shami's in the room. And he looks at me and goes, I told you, you shouldn't have left. Oh, shit. And I was That's like, oh, so shit. And then, I mean, I, I read for that role, a small role in there and got it. Recurring, um, like three it was episodes? Like, it's like four, like three, four episodes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But 
it's one of the first times I got to put some real drama on tape. Right. Um, up until that moment, a comedy. lot of people in LA just just know know me or still think I only do comedy. Right. But it's been you got dope. that you got that in your back pocket though. Dog. Yeah. When yeah, the time you. comes, it's gonna be like, yeah. here you go, bro. I'm slipping you, you this shit. Thank you, man. And yeah. I, I and I'll tell you what, man. That took that took me a while to realize because I was fighting it for a while. Like, I don't want to do this comedy shit and. And then I had to realize when you look at the industry, when they see people do comedy and then do drama, they're like, holy exactly, shit. Exactly, man. But it's hard to go the other way. Yeah, it you is. You know what hard. I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. The only people that have really done it is like John C. Riley. You know what De I mean? Nero like, and shit. Yeah, no, right, late, exactly. But, they, but, that's but he's all right. He's yeah. got the foundation where he can go and do whatever he wants. Right, right. But um, yeah, I did Snowfall and, and then. Uh, and you're kind of, at this point, Cause I'm thinking as an actor, you're living off the shit that you've done now, right? Yeah, I had still kind of like. You mean when's financially? The next, yeah, like yeah, when's yeah. the next job coming? It's yeah, still there, I, I still had a little bit of chunk and chunk of change from vice principals because I, you yeah. know, I didn't I didn't really spend anything. Yeah, my vice principals money carried me a long way, and then when I had done uh, great news, that put a little more money in my pocket. Uh -huh. That was only recurring, so it wasn't like series regular money. Right. And then um, it was just little things here and there that would always pop up and make sure I was good. You were good, yeah. And when I when I booked this show, The Neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, that's when it was like, okay, like you're, you're good. Like, not that you're ever good forever, but... I was good enough to go. It's time to buy a house, right? You know, because that that was consistent money, and we just we just got the pickup for for season five. So congratulations, bro! Oh, thank you, bro. Season five, season dude. Five, bro. Yeah. Look at you, bro. I never would have <laughs> thought. I never would have thought that shit would have happened, bro. Like, dude, the cop job, bro. Yeah. You still, you still. <laughs> It's still is. the I'm options there. It's still there. You know what I mean? I can go find that letter, dude. I got it somewhere. So you do what you do one season of neighborhood. Yeah. Do you find out like instantly you guys are going for two? Or yeah, so or we did the we did the first one and then they let us know pretty early on season two was happening. Oh, fire, and then bro. yeah, and then tail end of season two, I think. Was it two or three when the pen when the when the pandemic hit? Uh-huh. So we were very fortunate in that. Our natural uh, season, it ran the same way. When COVID hit and shut everything down, we were shutting down anyway for the season. We were on a hiatus, so we didn't miss any time. Mm. And even when we started back up for season three, I think it was, um, we didn't miss any time. They put all the regulations in place, and that was it. Right. And, and we, 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 we did our thing. And, uh, and yeah, I, I've learned a lot, man, like... I treat I treated every episode like live theater. We don't have an audience now because of COVID, but yeah. it, it's it's fucking fun, man. Like it'll come back, man. Yeah, hell yeah, it's gonna come back. Hell yeah. But uh, what uh, about you, man? I'm doing all this damn talking. What about nah, you, nah, brother? nah, bro? We're here. We're listening to your journey, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm speaking to you again, like at a at a very interesting time because I, you know. For a long time, I was doing that shit, you know, theater for no money and all this, and now I hit I hit the heels uh, jackpot there, and, yeah. and we're doing that over at Stars, and and similar to the Danny McBride shit, it's like Michael Malley's the showrunner. Yeah, have you met Mike? I know who he is. My God, yeah, bro. I'm sure he's Danny McBride level, just uh -huh. like a fucking great human being. Yeah, 
Which is great, man, because you hear fucking horror, horror stories, stories. And then you're like, you might get jaded with the business, but meeting Mike, he's been in this shit for decades. I had him on the podcast. I picked his brain for fucking two hours of just like yeah. his whole journey. Um, and then for me now, it's like, that's why I'm asking you these questions that sometimes, you know, I, one of the things I hated about podcasters is they would never talk about money. They would never yeah. talk about, and you don't got to get into specifics, but it's mm -hmm. important that we talk about financial financial shit because it's, it's the fucking i mean that's that's where the stress is coming from right. when you're walking into the room like absolutely <laughs> you know without, what i mean without without a doubt now tell people ask those fucking questions what don't you know like yeah i, I had to learn all of that shit on the fly i have amazing parents amazing right. parents right. but i'm sure like yours Same. they have yeah. to work their asses off 100%. and i'll tell you the greatest moment of my life man was was this past christmas my brothers and I are getting to pay off my parents' house. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a testament to understanding this money. And, and I'm still learning about money and how it all works. But because I took those steps early on from that very first gig to go put this money up and then start to learn what you can do with it, like it all led to that. You know what I'm saying? And how was that moment, dude? It was the greatest moment ever, man. Like I got to uh I didn't get to go home to to Miami, but uh, I had my little brother like uh, film film their reaction. So I called the 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 loan company, and then the lady on the phone was so touched by the story. She's yeah. like, ah, "There's certain information I can't release," but she's like, "I'm gonna do everything I can just to give me a piece of paper that shows all the stuff that pretty much says your loan is paid off." Wow. And my parents are there; they're trying to read the read the paper, and my mom finally gets it, and she just like broke down, oh, and my that God, was like. Bro. Stuff like that makes it all worth it, homie. Like, yeah, dude, it's worth it at that point. Like, all the work you put in, it's worth it. And I was just telling one of my homeboys the other day who was who's in the industry because he was talking about his path and these detours and all of that. And I was like, the one thing I've learned, homie, there are no detours. It's just your path. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever your path, like your journey is your journey. And my homeboy was like, yeah, I stopped and whatever. And I was like, that's not a detour. It's just, that's just the path. You're at a place where you were supposed to stop. Yeah. What did you learn? It's one thing Bashir always says, man, like in any moment, what did you learn? If you didn't learn anything, that's where it's probably a failure. But, and the failures are okay, but because you're, you're going to learn something from them. What did you take from it to inform you about the next situation? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And learning about this money, man, like yeah, it's important, bro. what to do with this shit and, and get the help that you need. Like, that's one thing I hope that people, um, especially who come from humble beginnings, realize the help is out there. Like, if, you, if you're somebody who, who came from zero dollars, all of a sudden, here's 25,000 per episode for this thing. Homie, you can literally Google. Yeah. business manager uh, or or you know what wealth management yeah and and pick up the phone and talk to people you know what i mean and start to understand how this works you so know so much of that bro and, and i'd like to see what you think about this but it's kind of like because we come from humble beginnings mm -hmm. there's a little bit of ego attached to like wait so i'm i'm making this amount and now i'm going to give fucking yeah this amount of money to this person yeah. to show me how to do money now nah, yeah, fuck yeah, off exactly yeah and, and I get it. Yeah. I get yeah, it. yeah, me too. But I but do. you got to kind of put that shit aside 
Yeah. And understand that nobody's trying to get you because that's the other thing, yes. right? People trying to get in your fucking pocket all the time. Right. Especially you start making some dough. Yeah. I've had, I've had it. I've, I've and, But you, you begin to recognize it, I think. Be, being a person of faith, man, I always pray for a great spirit of discernment to be able to tell what's around me. Yeah. And I've been pretty good about it. Uh, but I think you, you you recognize it. You recognize who's coming at you for what, for what reasons. And that ego and pride, man, ego and pride will always leave you with ego and pride. That's it. That's all you're going to get from it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, like I see a lot of people, homie, like on social media and whatever, who everything you see from them is them flossing about what they have, what they have, what they have. And mm -hmm. you got to, do it this way to get this amount and, and it leaves people it leaves people desperate and void of any thought that they could get it to yeah and whatever worked for that person god bless them that's what worked but craft craft your journey man and and when you get that money if you don't know what to do with it get the help like there are people you can talk to and and then there'll be hard conversations you might have to have with people that you love. Like, yeah, I I, I can't. And right. the people that love you will understand. Sure. Like, like there there was a commercial a long time ago that used to always say, "Money doesn't change you; it changes the people around you." And I've been blessed that the people around me have never ever come at me in any way like, looking you, for shit. like you're looking for shit. You know what I mean? I help out the people I help out because. First of all, that that's that's what you're called to do as a human, as a child of God, is is to give. Like, people can take this for what it's worth, homie, but by the grace of God, dude, if you literally make an effort to give as much as you can, and I don't just mean money, but like give, like like you probably don't realize it, but this is you giving this 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 art. What you're doing is you giving. Somebody might take something from one of your episodes. It's mm -hmm. all you need is that one person to, to help and then to fucking inspire. But my, a lot of my life did change when I focused on how much can you give? I got much more back than I could ever, ever anticipate, like, or even understand. Like, I still don't, I, it still hasn't hit me. We, we We found out two days ago we're hitting season five and that's syndication. That's 100 episodes. Like, it still hasn't hit me. Wow. But yeah. But but to think that that comes right off the heels of me going, let's pay off our parents' house. I don't My care how God, much it is. Bro. And then look what happens the next week. Like here, your show's picked up. Right, right. It's shit like that that people don't realize the synchronicity of all of this and, and how you can control the world around you, like your world. Control that as best as you can. Let go of all the other shit. But your world, what you can control... Focus on those things and do those things. Give as much as you can, homie. Like, you will see the changes happening. Mm -hmm. And listening to your story, dude, and all the all those moments, you know, I have them too in my life, but it's like, if you're paying attention, how in the fuck can you not believe in something, dude? Mm -hmm. I understand if you've got your, 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 reserve, your reservations about Absolutely. God, about whatever, the Absolutely. universe, but some shit is out there. Yeah, dude. yeah. And you, if you don't see that, you're blind. You are bro. fucking blind. Because all the things you said, but but to somebody else who's who's unaware or fucking masking all that shit, they might not see all those blessings that you right. just spoke about and you speak about them 
clearly, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man, like being in alignment with your faith. Um, and, and like you're saying, like, I, I respect what anybody believes because you believe it for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. in this industry, your faith will be tested every day. I've never had more interesting conversations about faith than I do with actors. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's the funniest shit on me. Like, because it always starts the same way. Like, somebody will know that it, it started when I was at date. Because I, I came again from, I was born and raised in Coconut Grove, and then we moved to the Heights, to, to Richmond Heights. But, you know, I came from a household of like, go to church on Sunday. And, and so it was a very big part of my life. And when I got to date, they were like, oh, you're like the preacher man, like, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. But it stood out that way because so many people didn't believe. And it was the first time for me, I was around people that didn't believe. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you not? And then I started to talk to people and understand why they felt the way they felt. And I always understood being a person of faith, I could never judge these people. And I could never be like, I would never tell somebody, you're going to go to hell. Like, I don't got time for all that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. at some point in life, it's up to you like to decide faith is a decision just like you getting married like sure there's love involved involved but it's a decision that you're going to have to make to walk that walk that path and i fuck up every single day of my life you know what i'm saying but when i started to pay attention to how i felt when i was like let me try to walk this path everything changed. And, and for some people, I tell them it's that simple, homie. Like, pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people, certain energies, certain places. If you're a person who, who doesn't believe, that's fine. What do you know about what you don't believe? What do you truly know about it? And every person I talk to, it always comes back to people. It's people you have a problem with. Mm. You don't actually have a problem with what God is, right? It's people that people. have done something in the name of God, and that's understandable. Yeah, it's very understandable. But like you said, man, that the earliest depiction of man, of of drawings by man, depict something. They're all looking up, like something's up there. Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. all, earliest drawings you can find depict that something is up there. Whatever you want to call it, that that's it's up to you, but. Elon Musk will call it aliens. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah, and right. as as a person, as a person who who reads the Bible, homie, like uh, aliens are in the Bible. Really, it tells you celestial beings. It says magicians, the magi, witches, wizards. It's all in the Bible. You know what I mean? Like read the Old Testament. You'll see it's in the Bible. That's Where, fucking true. Yeah, it's it's one of the craziest books you'll ever read, dude. Like even without reading it, to be like someone who's trying to be devout. I'm the furthest thing from somebody who's fucking devout. Yeah, yeah. But there's times where I'll read it and go, what the? You know what I mean? Like him, you know, God, there's a story of God telling Moses uh, to go do something in front of Pharaoh. And he's like, I'm going to have you throw this stick down and turn it into a snake. And then Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. They were like, okay, you did that. Watch this. Boom. But when you read stuff like that for people mm. not to get, oh, that stuff existed. It existed in the world. And people always try to pit science against religion. And no, man, like, no, that stuff is a part of it all. Right. And when it works in harmony, that's when I think it works the right way. Right. You know what I mean? But to each his own, homie, like, 
as long as you don't judge anybody, man, or look down on anybody, and I don't condemn anyone. I don't give a fuck if you are black, white, brown, gay, straight, like whatever the hell you are, be a decent human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just just don't be an asshole. Right. You know? In this biz, dude. Yeah. We gotta fucking maneuver all these dudes and different personalities yeah. and shit. When did you start this podcast? Uh, I started right when I started Heels, man. Oh, I, just, shit. I booked Heels. Yeah. Bro, I booked Heels uh, a month after I found out I was going to be a dad for the first time. Holy shit. Yeah, my fucking, Congratulations, I got some similar man. shit with you where no it's like, way. if I don't believe in God or, or something, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking, I'm lost, <laughs> bro, because there's there's been things that have happened to me. Yeah. And, and moments like that of synchronicity, like you said, that are just fucking mind blowing. Yeah. Um. So then I, I started the podcast because, you know, I was going to be in COVID lockdown with these yeah. brilliant actors, Chris Bauer, Mary McCormick, yeah. um, Stephen Amell, Alexander Ludwig, all these yeah. guys, Alan Maldonado. Do you know Alan? I, no. I'm, everybody you've listed, I know their work. Chris, Especially dude. Alexander um, uh, Ludwig. Yeah. Yeah. Beast. Yeah. And, and, and a great human being, too. That's bro. good to hear, man. Uh, but, but all these guys, man, are like... So I, I picked their brain, man. I, I had them on the podcast, and that's kind of how it how it took off. And then now I've just like kind of branched out to other people, and yeah. I'm kind of like exploring the network. And and your name came, your name came up, and and I was like, man, I gotta have them on because you, Bashir, and um, and uh, damn, what was his name? Arturo, Arturo bro, yeah. instrumental in my come up, man. Oh man, that's, and seeing that's... you guys do that shit, I was like, oh, I you know. That's a blessing to hear. Yeah, man. Like bro. That's, so that's why you do it. Like, you know, um, the fir- the first professional play I did that even started this, you know, this thing besides date. So when I was at date, did you know um, before he passed away, a Joe Adler in town? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He did Gable he, Stage. Yeah, Gable Stage. Yeah, yeah. So Joe. Um, when I was at Dade, Joe was casting this play. And, you know, Joe had a reputation of being just like, mm-hmm, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, like he's a, you, you, you know where Joe stands right. on, on any opinion. <laughs> and he was an incredible artist, incredible director. And Joe was doing a play while we were at Dade called uh, A Lesson Before Dying. I didn't even know they did professional theater in Miami. I had no idea. And... He went up to Bashir. I think Bashir was doing, we were doing some show at day. I was running lights for the show because I had to for the theater thing. And he told Bashir to come audition. And Bashir was like, yo, can I bring my boy? And Joe was like, yeah, 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 bring him. So <laughs> we go, we audition for that show. And I, I got the part. And, and I remember doing, you know, doing that show and we had to do it for for audiences, for um, audiences from schools, from like local schools would come see the show and whatever. And we had to do it for this one uh, at-risk uh, school. I don't know if it was MacArthur or, or, or one of the schools, but we do the show and afterwards they have these talkbacks, um, you know. So I do the show and we're having these talkbacks and this kid stands up. And I can't see his face, but he's like, yeah, man, you know, seeing you do that lets me know I can do, I can, I can do what I want. Like I can try to do anything. And I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. And then he was like, I just want to shake your hand. And when I saw his face, I was like, if me and that dude had saw each other anywhere else, it would have been a problem because we had history. 
Oh. You know what I mean? And he was, he ran with some people and I ran with some people that didn't necessarily get along, but. And he knew it was you. He knew it was me. I couldn't see his face. And then when I saw his face, he had like tears in his eyes, bro. And I was like, that made me realize early on, and I kind of put it in my back pocket, but that little moment made me realize the power of this, of art and, and what it can do and what it should do. And that was one of the things that these little things early on that was like, oh, okay, there is something to this. But that moment was one of the first time I, first times I realized the the effect and the reach that this can have. It's crazy, you know? man. Yeah. And a lot of times you won't even know. Yeah. Right? Like absolutely. that's a rare time where somebody comes up and tells you, right? Yeah. But how many times that might have happened and you and don't you, even you, know. You have bro. no idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, man. Congratulations on all your success, dude. I'm super fucking happy for you, and I'm inspired by you, man. Oh, thank you, So uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Anytime, homie. Like, sincerely, anytime. I, I would love to, you know, and, and shout out to the home team, man. Like, Hell it's, yeah, dude. It's great to be able to talk to somebody from the crib and, and talk about Miami. and Miami you know, in the building, dude. Absolutely, sure. man. Hell yeah. Thanks, yeah, dude. Absolutely. This episode was brought to you in part by TSMA Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. If you sign up for any of their management packages at tsmaconsulting.com, make sure to tell them Robbie sent you for an exclusive 15% off the first month. Thank me later.